talking rugby, telling stories, rugby kid. South Africa Wales was lucky to kind of sneak by France, but no matter who won, France or Wales, South Africa was going to be a massive favorite in this game. The line has them at eight and a half. Yes. Now, what's interesting here is that if you looked at current form, um, if you looked at current form, you would see that South Africa uh, have lost, I think, four out of their last five games to Wales. Uh, and you'd go, oh, wow, that doesn't make too much sense. Why Hang on. You know, I bet the only win is the last World Cup win. Uh, where I, I, I think, went I, I behind think, the back. And, and that was by one or two points as oh, well. That was so, at the death. Exactly. And that took every ounce of energy and strength that Springbok team had to, to get over Wales. Uh, and you, you might actually be right. That might be the last time the box beat them. And since then... Having said that, um, it is almost always the very last fixture of the year on the very long tour in the back of a very long season. And South Africa really are ripe for the picking by the time we play Wales. So we shouldn't read too much into those defeats in, in, against a good Welsh team that are able to knock over the Springbok site at the Millennium Stadium. Now, Barry, I saw a great meme on our great thing we call the internet. Uh, it was a Welsh fan saying... We have a dog shit team, but just try and get us off your shoe. <laughs> so the Welsh like to hang in there. And oh, play they're scrappy. Nasty. They're scrappy. They also bring a number of threats to the, you know, to the to the to the game. I mean, the aerial threat that they bring with some very smart. Uh, they've unlocked the Springboks' defense, the back three before, uh, with some very smart cross kicks. Um, you know, they're a high energy team. They play high tempo. They're super well coached. So no, they bring a lot of threats. I think what people are seeing from them is that they're a little bit out of puff. They don't seem to be um, as physical uh, as some of the other teams right now. They seem a little bit low energy, uh, maybe carrying a few injuries in that squad. No, they just play European rugby. And they they're, just, they're just naturally boring. And they're not, you're overthinking it. I, I, no, well, I don't think they're as physical as they have been. You yeah. know, maybe you know, they, were, they were dominant uh, a little while ago and maybe just fallen off the... Off the off the off their peak. Well, where we stand now, Wales has yet to announce their squad, uh, but we'll see what kind of okay. team they put out. But I think we're both taking the box here, right? We are, and uh, I've I'm got taking them, them to cover. I got them to cover yeah. eight eight and a half points. Oh, I yeah. think it is easily. Uh, I think the box will win here. I mean, I really hope so because you know we we love a uh, England uh, South Africa final. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barry, yeah, I, I've just learned my lesson. No more underdogs. Mm -mm. Don't don't try and be fancy here. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Now it's, it's time for the big boys to step up, isn't it? Because we have an amazing fan base down in South Africa. That's right. Yeah. How's it, Alex? How's it? How's it? How's it, Barry? You must <laughs> you must watch rugby picking. You must come on the show. All right, you must. Yes. Anyhow, I was telling Barry that it, it, it appears we get the most clicks in South Africa, so we are going to do a little segment. I'm calling Barry Erasmus. We're going to go through uh, Razzie's picks, and Barry's going to give us a little tidbit on each guy, and um, we're just going to run through the Springboks lineup that those South Africans love so much. Um, in his front three, he went with the Beast, Tendai Tawarira. Uh, at hooker, he's gone with Bongi Banambi and Franz Mallerby. <laughs> Tell me what I butchered. <laughs> uh, all of it. Um... <laughs> Tendai Mtabariria. Oh my goodness, I can't say it either. Bongi Mbanambi and Franz Malherbe. 
So the beast everybody knows is the beast, a, yeah. a amazing scrummager. Yeah, amazing player man. He's, he's been a around. A, yeah, you know it, it would have been a difficult call. That would have been one of the selection uh, considerations for Rassi was would he go start with beast or the informed Kutsov, the younger you know heir to the throne of the number one jersey, the ginger nut, the ginger nut. Oh, he's fantastic, Kutsov. He's a strong as an ox. One of the toughest props in this tournament, uh, and he's going to play a long time for South Africa. Yeah. But at the two spot, obviously, you know, being one a guy on the blogs, I've noticed there's a bit of controversy that Malcolm Marks, yeah. the ex-player of the year, is yeah. not starting over Bongi. Well, um, Marks had a bit of a, a quiet entrance to this World Cup for whatever reason. I mean, he had a couple of good games uh, as well, but Bongi Mbanambi consistently has been making very good contributions um, from the bench and, and probably earned a start on form. And what he was bringing to the game and his line-out accuracy, which is superb as well. Um, and, you know, he scores a hell of a lot of tries, as do most Springbok hookers from the, from the malls. Um, which often they've got a fair bit of work to do to, to score as well. Um, but no, his all-round play has been good enough to warrant... Um, and possibly he gives us a little bit more in the scrum, Bongi. Um, slightly bigger guy. And uh, our scrum functions very nicely with, with, with any of those props... Uh, and, and, and him in the middle so now he's, he's, he's earned his spot there for now and, and what a great player to bring off the bench and Malcolm Marks to close the game out now Barry I've seen on the blogs people are throwing up their hands oh this is uh, a quota that we have to hit that we saw last time I'm calling bullshit, bullshit. Rassi Erasmus wants to win the World Cup so badly oh, yeah. he doesn't give a shit about quota absolutely not and uh, you're right there's no way it's unfortunate we still have this legacy uh, this bullshit and, and, and that we have with the political interference uh, with the racial makeup of the Springbok team it still goes on uh, but this I can happily say today is by far the most uh, racially integrated uh, Springbok team ever to play in a World Cup uh, we've got a black captain um, who's fantastic in Sir Khaleesi uh, the squad are very united as you can see they're a very happy camp They've had a great World Cup. Uh, Khaleesi's led them very well. Uh, Rassi's been an amazing coach, very smart coach, um, and tactically very shrewd uh, all the way through, and has got a very cohesive Springbok team that I have got big, big plans uh, <laughs> for the next two weeks. Yeah, got big weekend plans. All yeah. right, but let, let's move on. So, so Bongi's going to get the, uh, the throw at Hooker. Uh, Franz... Malherbe. Malherbe. Malherbe, yes, okay. another Stormers man. Where's he um, from? He's from the Cape. Uh, plays for the Stormers, yeah. Mbanambi's from the Stormers as well. Uh, Malcolm Marks at the, the Lions, and the Beast has been at the Sharks for many years. So all those guys actually play their rugby in South Africa still, which is Okay, kind of and there's one more name uh, supporting the front row, and that's Vincent Koch. Yeah, now he plays for, he's an ex-Stormer as well. Uh, that that was a hell of a Stormers front row. They all played together. Well, well you look at that, Barry. The yeah. Stormers are just producing over and over. Well, ah, there's a prop factory down there. <laughs> so anyway, he plays at Saracens now. No, and he's a, he actually is a highly mobile, very talented, great scrummer. Gives us plenty on the bench there as well. So in the second rows, we go with the classic combo. Almost as legendary as New Zealand's Sam Whitelock and Brody Retallick. But we have Lou Diager and Eben Etzbeth. Tell well, us about those two. Well, I mean, two absolute monsters, both of them. Um, uh, Lou Diager, I believe, is six foot nine, uh, you know, two meters, oh, six, something like that. Um, I'm not sure about the pounds, but I think he's somewhere in the region of 120, 125 kilos. 
Um, and uh, he's just an awesome guy and, and, a, and a, a amazing line-out forward. Uh, and when he's on form, he's had his injury troubles over the years. But when he's on form, he's, he's as good as any luck in the world. Uh, and fortunately, he's hitting his straps and he's earned a start amongst four very good locks that we've got at this World Cup. So he's taken the place of, of, of Franco Mustard and R.G. Snyman. Both uh, on the bench. We're both on the for, bench, for which is interesting. Year. So it's interesting we talk about the locks here because Rassi uh, puts two locks on the bench, only plays two backs, okay? And he basically puts a, an entirely new tight five on yeah. the field in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing a one through five uh, replacement. It's a one to five replacement. Um, so he basically plays with two tight fives and uh, those changes will, will be made pretty quickly uh, to give that second tight five enough time to, 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 to also gel on the field. And, like and it's, the been, it's, been, it's been effective. I like the strategy. However, with risk comes reward. Like You can pound them to death and use your subs to just smash them, but a back goes down. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough sailing. Yeah, it is tough sailing, you know, and uh, and obviously there is a, a calculated risk attached there. What he's got on the backs is he's got Herschel Yankees, the mercurial. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, All get, right, we'll there. get to them. Let later. me just uh, add one more thing. All right. uh, Lou Diager. All right, well, sorry, we didn't mention Etzebeth. I beg your pardon. We should yeah. talk about Etzebeth. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth is the probably the pick of the lot. All I know about Elizabeth is he got his shirt ripped off. Oh, he uh, is he is an absolute <laughs> monster of a lock forward and, and, and feared around the world I know for a his bit physicality. More than that, he's but... a he's a really strong uh, brute of a guy and and um, no, a fantastic player, good leader as well. Uh, one of the, part of the leadership group. Where is he from? Uh, Cape Town as well. Oh, Stormers. Will you look at that? We had a hell of a tight five a few <laughs> years ago, man. I'll tell you what, we had a hell of a tight five. Yeah. At the Stormers, yeah. So, uh, Lourdes and Eben, uh, yeah, we we very we were okay in the lock department. Lourdes, babyface. Yes. Eben, model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lourdes looks like the kid from uh, Two and a Half Men. <laughs> Have you seen that meme yes. of him oh, with the yeah. kid from Two and a Half Men? Oh, yeah. So, something about, you know, you're feeling old when the kid from Two and a Half Men's now playing for the Springboks. <laughs> it's Lourdes Yaga. We'll pull the meme up. Uh, six, seven, eight. The captain, Sia Khaleesi, as he said. Sia the bear. The bear, uh, yes. And uh, Pieter Stick du Trois. Well, I the, keep saying it wrong. Du Trois. That's the French way. Yeah, du Trois. South African way is du Trois. God toy, damn yes. it. And obviously the big boy, Dwayne Vermeulen, out right. the back. So, uh, fantastic back row to round off a, a very strong tight five. Khaleesi is, uh, has got a chance to make history. Uh, he's obviously the first black captain ever to captain South Africa. Well, I think, in fact, he wasn't the first. There was um, Chili Boy Ramapella did captain the Springboks once. So I think, but that might have been against the Barbarians. So I think he is the very first in an official test match. And uh, he's been captaining the side for a few years now. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough about the guy. He's just been, he came into this World Cup with a bit of an injury, under a bit of an injury cloud, but he seems to have played through it and he's playing better and better every week, which is exactly what you want from your captain. You want him absolutely leading from the front this weekend in the semi-finals and having a big big game um and if he and if this back row fires as peter steff has fired for two years now let alone just in this world cup he's been absolutely amazing peter steff de toy and then vermeulen apparently is also uh you know came into this tournament a little bit quiet on form but all class number eight one of the one of the great number eights i'll go as far as to say in the history of springbok rugby he's a big hitter um khaleesi 
is from Port Elizabeth, correct? Very much so. Uh, Tell us a bit about that Eastern Coast. All right. So the Eastern Cape is where the franchise, the Southern Kings, uh, who you guys are. We call him Cape or Coast. Uh, It's the Cape. It's the the Eastern Cape. That's where it is. It's the Eastern Cape. So you guys probably heard about Cape Town, which is the Stormers in the Western Cape. In the Eastern Cape, you have um, Port Elizabeth uh, and and a town called East London. And that area has is, is, is always been a huge hotbed for uh, black, uh, African black Kosa-speaking people uh, who inhabit that part of our country. Uh, it's their traditional homeland. And they're fantastic athletes and produce some world-class sportsmen um, in that area. And rugby is hugely popular uh, in the communities out there. Um, and there's some of our best uh, athletes have been born and raised there. Unfortunately, due to not being enough economic opportunities in that area, uh, most of that talent finds its way to Cape Town or Johannesburg and ends up playing for the Lions or the Stormers or, um, you know, it's like Colisi, okay, case in point. Um, So the Kings has been set up to try and address that and create a developmental professional rugby opportunity for for local Eastern Cape guys. And now they're in the Pro 14 competing against Scottish, Irish and Italian. They are, and you know they they they're not doing particularly well just yet, but they're there and they're playing in a different competition against European opposition, and it's giving their players a lot of exposure to playing in different conditions. So I think it's great for our rugby actually uh, that we have those guys not only playing in the Curry Cup, um, super uh, they're not playing in Super Rugby anymore, so they're now playing in in this um, uh, Pro Fourteen. And while we're at it, there's one more team in the Pro 14, and it's the Free State Cheetahs. Yes. yes. Are there any massive names to come from the Free State? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a rugby hotbed. Um, Bloemfontein? Bloemfontein. Right. Bloemfontein, yeah. Fantastic part of the country. Real warm hospitality. Love their rugby. Uh, you know, probably a bit like Texas. Uh, <laughs> just hot and dry. Just hot and dry, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of farmland, and, you know, one big city. Uh, ish, you know. Well, let's move on to our uh, back line. Although, can we uh, can we hear where Dutoy and Vermeulen are from? Well, Peter Steph Dutoy, I believe, played his initial professional rugby at the Sharks, but then came to the Stormers because he's a smart guy. <laughs> Vermeulen came from Nelspruit, which is right not too far away from the Kruger National Park, the South Africa's big tourist destination. Uh, Any one of you guys ever listening ever get a chance to go to the Kruger National Park in South Africa, you should uh, absolutely do that because it's uh, it's amazing. So Vermeulen comes from a little town called Nelspruit, uh, which is also known as Mbombela. And he played um, his super with. And he played his super with the Stormers as well. Jesus so we had Christ. one: Kolisi, <laughs> Kolisi, Peter Steff, Vermeulen, Etzebeth, Kitsov, Mbanambi, Malherba, Lud. No, not Lud. Oh. Lud was actually at the Cheetahs. So you went seven and now he's for at eight. The Bulls. He's at the Bulls, yeah. Seven for At eight. one point in time, that would have been the Stormers pack, yeah. Jeez. And Alistair could see, still couldn't win anything with them. I didn't even set this up to be a Western no. Cape show. But sorry, we it, sorry, we've, we've di- <laughs> we digress. Sorry, we've, All right, rest to the of the team, to the backs, right. Fuck the click. Best, best hair in the tournament, aside from the mullets. Jack Goodhue, I'm with you, mate. I'm growing my mullet for you. Well, there that you go. That was more Aussie than Kiwi, but... Fafter Clerk, Mercurial, little number nine. You know, he's come under a bit of flack for this box kick, which is really annoying a lot of people. 
But remember, he's playing to instruction and his team's winning. And uh, he is so dangerous that at any moment he can just look to shape for a box kick and he'll put the ball down behind the, you know, because you think he's going to do it for the 20th time. He's going to go score. You know, he, 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 he does that. He scores a lot of tries as well. Um, so a little bit of criticism for him. But great player, and uh, he's going to be massive for, for South Africa's chances. He's holding off some two seriously talented scrum halves in Herschel Jankies and Kobus Reinhardt. Yeah, no shortage of, of, of backup talent for the box at, at scrum half. Um, Where are those guys from? Reinach, uh, Reinach's father was a springbok, played on the right wing. His name was Jaku Reinach. Unfortunately, he was killed in a car accident um, probably 15 years ago. That was his father, so... Uh, another father-son Springbok combination. Uh, Yaku Reinach was a... DNA, man. Yeah, Tell you what. Right wing is... Probably, Jeans, man. Probably the fastest right wing that's ever played for South Africa. A guy called Yaku Reinach. Go YouTube him and look at his try against the All Blacks in 86. And just unbelievable wheels. So that was his dad. So great to see him back. I mean, he's been in the, in the wilderness for a while. Um, you know, he was selected, then left out when he decided to go play overseas. But back in the mix, Rashi's shown faith and wow, didn't he play well against Canada? Um, <laughs> he had the quickest hat trick I've ever seen. Yeah, so really, and then, and then the, the, the the little guy, the new guy who's going to play plenty for the box going forward. Herschel. Herschel Yanchi's Where's what he a, from? Western Cape. Another Stormer. <laughs> Plays for the Stormers right now. So thank you for keep asking. <laughs> you ask on just the right guys because yeah. they're all Stormers. So no, uh, he this guy's come out of nowhere. His rise to the top has been spectacular to say the least. He was literally sitting on the bench for the Stormers a year ago trying to get a, a look in and he somehow made it there even. Uh, and after only a handful of performances for the Stormers found himself in the Springbok setup uh, just because of how brilliant he was in Super Rugby. Yeah. Played his way in at very young. I think he's only 22 or 23 years old as well. There you go. Let's go to the fly house. Yep. Andre Pollard, long-time blue ball. Uh, yes, but born and raised in Cape Town. Paul right. Gymnasium. Um, a schoolboy prodigy as well. Not in the same uh, uh, you know, it's breath as, as someone like Willemse, who's another schoolboy prodigy, who's now going to be playing at Saracens. Uh, not in this 23. But Pollard... Uh, very solid, very stable guy. His goal kicking has uh, fluctuated, but uh, he is a big, big game player, and he he just seems to find the. I'm I'm a lot more comfy with Andre Pollard kicking, even if he's a little off from time to time. When it really counts, he 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 will sink it for us. And so, let's go to someone who was left out, Elton Jenkins. For well, the longest time, when I was watching Spring Rock Rugby, yeah, I was like, that guy's good. When I watched him play, like yeah. he hit the line, uh, not even Springbok rugby. For Let's the talk about for the Lions. Yeah. In their two good years, he is the only reason they had business sniffing for a Super Rugby final. Well, he is the only reason. Brennan, he's been superb for the Lions for years, but he's one of those players that has really struggled with the step up to international rugby. And he's actually had about probably 40 or 50 tests already. I don't know exactly how many. I hate his tests. kicking routine. No, it's, but <laughs> that's bloody painful. But you the know what? Field he, play is I feel for, for Alton Yankees because he's had a difficult um, career. He, he should have been the starting Springbok fly half for 10 or 12 seasons. But just, and when he got when he got his nose in that job, he didn't take the opportunity. And subsequently been given a hell of a lot of opportunities and, and is quite, in my view, quite fortunate to be there, um, but has had a decent World yeah. Cup. Yeah. Okay, so he hasn't, when he, with the chances that he has had, 
Uh, he had one poor game, but the rest of the time when he when it counted, he played well. But he's not in the 23. Yeah. So um, we'll get to that. So the, the only guy spelling um, Pollard off the bench would be Francois Stein? Yes, it's the only other back on the bench. And fortunately, it is a guy like Francois Stein. He, he won, if you remember, he kicked the final points in the 2007 World Cup as a 19-year-old. He kicked the last penalty from long range to seal the victory for South Africa in that World Cup final. So what a start to his career as a 19-year-old boy. Um, and here we are 12 years later, and he's back playing a role off the bench, having not really played for South Africa for a very long time. But he's in the World Cup. He's on the bench. Uh, he's there with an absolute cannon of a drop goal, which is going to be, which could be very useful to the Springboks going into the next round of knockout. You know, um, the, the drop goals are going to start to become crucial, and uh, he's this uh, this guy can hit them from probably as far as anybody. Well, I didn't want to call him out, but Camille Lopez had uh, a shot for the French mm-hmm. right when he came on. He just sat in the pocket and called for it and whiffed. Yeah, and they lost my one. Well, Pollard is a very sweet striker. God damn it, Camille! <laughs> Pollard is a very sweet striker of a drop goal, so I'm pretty sure you'll see him uh, have a few attempts over the next week or two. So we go to the centers, where Damien Delende and yes. Lucano Am have been the consistent, everyday approach for the Springboks. Will you look at that? Wow. Some consistency in the centers. Uh, it, 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 it you know, and it, it probably wasn't initially in the thinking because I think Jesse Krill was going to be Delendi's um, partner. Krill can't pass. Krill. He is the hardest runner I've ever seen. Yeah. The guy cannot move the hands. He doesn't have the handling skills of Lucanya Am, who is a very silky player. He's been reasonably quiet in that 13 channel, but when called upon in important moments, he's, he's delivered, he's made the right plays and defended very well, obviously, as the whole Springbok team has. But Delendi, another Stormer. Okay, he's been with the Stormers for seven, for seven years. This is his second World Cup, I believe. Um, and again, not bringing a huge amount of form or fans into this World Cup, but certainly has silenced a lot of his critics with how he's played. And uh, I saw today he's been he's gone into the pool for uh, consideration for team of the tournament so far. I tell you what, Barry, so it's a big decision. But he's got that jawline like Etzbeth. Just, just yeah, male model. He's got male model written all over. Man, him. this guy on the front foot. When, when he has a good game, the Springboks typically win. Okay, when he goes quiet, we typically play badly. And he's just, he's just not consistent enough. But we don't need him to be consistent for long. We just need him to be consistent now. Uh, very quickly, Lucanio Arm. Where is he from? He's from the Sharks. Okay. Uh, he's from the Sharks, and uh, yeah, he's come on, you know, the last couple of years and been uh, knocking on the door. You know, since Jacques Fury, the U.S. Eagles defense coach, um, you know, quit international rugby, we have struggled to fill that 13 position, uh, really. And um, Lucanio Arm has now put his hand up and said, "I want it." And uh, Rusty's showing faith. So let's see if he delivers. Here we are to the back three. Obviously. Everybody has loved little Cheslin Colby stepping in, playing like an absolute maniac for the size that he is. Uh, but he's he's been injured and he can't go on. And we are looking at Subununkosi to replace him at the wing. Uh, Mapimpe. I'm not even gonna try the first name. I could probably. Makazola Mapimpe. Makazola Mapimpe. Um, who scored, who, who basically owned Yutamura uh, for that first try. Well, he did. Off the left side. And that proved to be quite important, actually. And Willie LaRue oh. out the back 
Hot and cold Willie, as I like to call it. Oh, hot and cold Willie, yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, Barry, tell us, uh, first off, let's include Colby in this, and let's also add um, Warwick Gallant, who was left yeah. off the roster. Yeah. And everybody has a story. Um, who is Willie LaRue? Where is he from? Ninkose, Mapimpe, all these boys. Okay. So, Willie uh, was at one of about five or six guys that went to uh, Paul Roos Gymnasium in Stellenbosch, South Africa. Uh, Paul Roos is a top five rugby school in South Africa year in, year out. Uh, Billy went there. Um, I believe he played fly half at school. Was a sensational schoolboy player. Uh, and then signed with the Free State Cheetahs for many years. And um, played, you know, again, he's played, I think he's just clipped past 50 tests for South Africa. Mercurial player, incredibly talented. Um, but on an off day can be quite ghastly to watch, as was the case in the quarterfinals. He had a pretty... Where he kicked it straight out of bounds. Oh, yeah. Or was, he, that, was that in pool So, Billy, so Billy's, Billy's a little bit like a Serge Blanco, or, you know, he's in that category. And, and he's a genius, and there's no doubting his genius. But genius sometimes gets a little muddled up and, and can be disastrous so we, we fortunately we see more of the genius than the disaster but we have recently seen the disaster so South African <laughs> fans are a little shell-shocked on Vili's selection again volatility That's yeah I think I think, I think I think uh, that he probably wouldn't have got the nod he might well have been dropped they may, may well have picked Chosen Colby at fullback this week if it was that bad yeah uh, but Vili but again he can turn it on this week and win the game for the Springboks and everybody will forget about it so that's what he's got to do and he's with 50 odd tests behind you he's actually won a lot of test matches for south africa with crucial crucial plays huge impact player so he could also play that role off the bench um you know uh, but he's going to start Rusty's backed him well where are our wingers from in Costa okay. mapimpe mapimpe is i believe is from the eastern cape uh well he certainly started with the southern spears uh now i believe he plays for the sharks oh sorry southern spears southern kings um, so he started, he's also an Eastern Cape guy, um, and uh, he's now, yeah, he's come out of nowhere as well. I mean, he's had a huge rise to form. Of course, South Africa have left behind a Piwe Diaiti, who's another absolute speedster, probably who was the incumbent right wing. Uh, he was left out, banned substances, unfortunately. Oh, gotta to check your subs, real, as real Uncle Johnny shocker, says. Real shocker, he was left out of this World Cup, and Makazola Mapimpi, uh, leapfrogged Sabun Kosi uh, to the starting team and uh, just stayed there. And Rusty's shown faith and he delivered against Japan and he scored a lot of tries already in this World Cup. And he's going to hopefully score a few more. Where's Colby from? Cheslin Colby, I believe, is also from the Western Cape. Um, I know that he... I think he might be from Tigerberg, if, um, the Tigerberg Club or the Tigerberg area. Um, but he's from the Western Cape. He played for the Stormers for many years as well. So, you know, this is a very much a Stormers team from about three, four years ago. Okay, a lot of the, some of those guys have moved on, but quite a few of them are still there. So there's a lot of guys playing for the Stormers, including a guy who's just left, uh, uh, Damien Willemser, who's uh, probably the most talented player in this entire squad. He's a 21-year-old kid, also out of Stellenbosch, out of that same Paul Roos gymnasium, same school of Billy LaRue, and various others in this team. Uh, and he is going to be an absolute superstar. So I would have been tempted to include him on the bench uh, a little earlier in this tournament. He came in as a replacement uh, once the tournament had already started. So 
Uh, hasn't had a huge amount of game time, but you will see so much more of Damien Willemse. Where does he slide in? He's a, f- a fly half slash fullback. Okay. Uh, so kind of utility back. Yeah. Playmaker. I, 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 in the Bowden Barrett sort of yeah. mold. Uh, okay. Very, very talented. Go and have a look at his highlights. One could say he's a bit of a hot shot. Damien Willemse. <laughs> Go and have a look at his highlights reel on YouTube. It's it's quite something. So uh, we went through our starters. We got all of our backups. But who's been left out of this semifinal? We have Quaka Smith. Our yeah. favorite sevens Oh, uh, yeah. Quaka, you know, and uh, just didn't really come into the picture. Had a fair amount of opportunity in this World Cup, um, but recently not. Uh, just uh, it's been one of the disappointments, unfortunately. And maybe the gap between at the very top for sevens and fifteens players is, is, is too wide. Yeah. Well, Ben Pinkelman would like to argue that. Uh, let's move on to Thomas. I'm going to get it right. Dutoy. Yes, Thomas the Tank, and well done. That's correct. Dutoy, congratulations. I really had to hold myself back from yeah. saying Dutoy. Yeah, Tom- <laughs> Dutoy. Thomas Dutoy is, um, is, I believe, from uh, the KZN area. He's a Sharks guy, um, and he's an absolute unit. He's an enormous guy, and I think he was also an injury replacement um, uh, mid-tournament. So he wasn't in the original select. So him and... and um, uh, Damien Willemse uh, didn't didn't make the original squad, but they there. Okay, now. so they've been pulled out. Yeah, they've had too. limited game time, both yeah. of them. But uh, good, both very good players, and will be in the mix. In and the uh, Warren Gallant. Warwick Gallant is a blue bull, um, and he's from Pretoria. Uh, he plays for for the Bulls. Uh, he was an under twenty one superstar for the South African under twenty one team, um, and is transitioning slowly into senior rugby. Very talented. He's great on the high foul on a quick draw. He, you know, up here in Denver on the hard dry fields. This guy's absolutely electric. Yeah. yeah, but you know, in 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 our conditions and to play international rugby, you've got to be able to play on all surfaces and in all conditions. And that brings us to Shulk Brits, who oh. I've been told is one of the most lovable rugby characters in the whole World Cup. Well. Where is he from? What What's more, his career been well, about? Well, Skulk Brits, this is a big shout-out once again to Paul Ruiz Gymnasium in, uh, in Stellenbosch because Skulk is another one of their alumni. That's the third one we've mentioned. I think there might even be one or two more uh, in, that, in, that, uh, in that squad. But yeah, Paul Ruiz Gymnasium learned his rugby in the Western Cape, for the, played for the Stormers initially, um, and is probably the most undercapped springbok of all of all time if you want to call him that because he should have played so much more for uh, south africa um he was most of his career was through the john smith era and skulk did elect to go to saracens and play his career the bulk of his career for saracens um which at the time was a very unpopular thing if you were in the springbok mix to even consider uh you would then not be considered for selection at all back then but he elected to do that and he went on to become Guy's got to make money, Barry. The, the guy went on. It, it turned out to be a pretty good move because he went on to become Saracen's greatest ever overseas player. Okay, and, we're and, talking about a team now that's a dynasty and, in England. Correct, with a strong South African connection. One of the owners, I believe, is Johan Rupert. He's one of our big bankrollers of the store. He owns the Stormers, and he's about to acquire the Bulls. Oh. So, <laughs> well, let's let's veer a little off topic. Let's do a little flash MLR. Barry, so much has gone on, and we'll probably do a whole show to talk about it, but we just heard word there has been a repurchasing of an MLR team. The Utah Warriors have been purchased by the ownership of the San Diego Legion. Now, a couple things come to mind for me. 
one, somebody wanted out, <laughs> and somebody said, okay, I'll double down. Yeah. And also, how do these other owners feel about somebody, what was once a one in eight partnership, they now have two eighths stake. You know what I mean? If, if you buy a second team, you're now a bigger player. You have more, more clout influence. in your league. Well, now, he went league to league, the guy you referred to, yeah. the South African, yeah. where he owned a super rugby team and a premiership team. Mm-hmm. Do you think that whoever this San Diego ownership group is going out and buying the Utah Warriors, A, is it a smart move in early days? And B, is it very fair for other owners? Well, like I've said for a little while now, I, I, I think that people outside the United States uh, will be uh, probably more interested to invest in professional rugby than people inside the United States. <laughs> and and that needs to tell us something. You Due know? to ignorance, right? Uh, well, <laughs> I, think just, I think there's a lot of historical scarring and... Maybe the lack of understanding of the rugby political landscape, but no way. I think I think um, people with long pockets and uh, deep pockets, rather, and and uh, and, and a vision. Um, why not? You know, uh, the, the things are going to consolidate. Um, they've already issued a, a three new teams for this year, Brendan. With three new teams, is three it? new teams, all oh. East Coast. We're going to get the New England Free Jacks. Shout out Evan Geist, former Barbo. We are going to get Rugby ATL. Shout out Jeremy Missile. Third team in three years. He's writing the book on how to be a free agent. And we're also getting the DC Glory. Yeah. Uh, my younger brother, Connor Shea, plays for the Washington Irish. And he tells me, Paul Sheehy, the money man there in DC, he's, he's moving and shaking. He's signing people left and right. We've already seen DC pull people from other teams. I don't know if it's just the nation's capital, Barry, or they're paying better money, but DC's loading up on good MLR talent. It's going to be, Barry, everybody says year three of a startup company is the craziest year. We're going into year three of the MLR. One team's been repurchased. Players are moving all over the globe. We have three new expansion teams. It's, for lack of a better word, a shit show, but... Rugby Pickham loves it because that's what we cover. And somehow they managed to get the signature of none other than Ma'a Nanu. So we have some star power coming into the MLR this year, folks. Oh, we got clout. Don't we worry got, we got Bastero coming to New York. We got uh, Digby Ione going to Glendale. That's true. Shout out to Pete Borlase and the boys. All right. So that's very exciting. And so, yeah, some star power. I mean, this is bums on seats time now. We got some real international superstars and the biggest of the lot, Ma'a Nanu, World Cup winner with the All Blacks. And he will be absolutely huge for San Diego. Credit, I I will say, I kind of said, oh, what what does this mean if a... Owners buying a second team. I will give credit to the San Diego ownership. They signed Stefan Armitage, a big name from Europe, and he got a case that came back that found him guilty of assault in public, and they cut him. And that's respect to that team because if you want to double down on character guys, you can't bring in a guy that has just been convicted of assault. So credit to San Diego. Credit to you for keeping this league fucking afloat and buying another MLR team. And we still love guys out in Utah, okay? We want to see the Utah Warriors succeed. Barry, I want all these teams to win, but quite frankly, I'm a West Coast guy, you know? I, I'm out here in Denver now. I can't be rooting for these East Coast teams. No, and they're going to New have York to, is the evil empire. They're going to have to get their act together fast because there's big moves at Glendale as well this year. A number of players signed. 
uh, at Glendale. So we expect a much you know complete uh, changing of the guard there, new coaching staff, um, but not altogether new for Glendale with Pete Borlase uh, taking over there. So that that's a, that's going to be I think a really good move. And I saw a whole host of signings. Um, recently announced by Glendale. Oh, I got to do my research. I mean, half of these guys are just picked up from a league here, a league there. I know that uh, not only uh, Peter Borlase, but also Peter Pask, the team scout, and Mark Bullock have done their work and dug in and made sure they got character guys. That was our little MLR segment. Oh, let's go to the coach. And coaching staff, can oh, you walk us through? Sure. Rassi Erasmus, where is he from? Many, many years with the Free State Cheetahs um, and uh, a, an open side flanker for the Springboks. A very good one too. And uh, always, even as a player, uh, an astute rugby mind and uh, a very smart and intelligent rugby player who made the most of what he had and was good enough to play f- for the Springboks for several years um, and uh, has been a, a standout coach uh, both in South Africa and for uh, Leinster, sorry, uh, was it Ulster perhaps? Uh, one of the, sorry, one of the Irish teams he had a long stint with. Well, it's um, not very hard to outperform Kutz. And, and <laughs> well, exactly, and, and and had a very very successful stint in Ireland, um, and has been, always been highly rated. And, and he's the man to take us to the glory land. You know, he's 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 the, he's the guy that has to overcome. Wales this weekend, and um, I think he's Absolutely. he's got a good enough strategy and, and a strong enough uh, team to, to do it. Go, Boca! Pick him! Pick him! South Africa, that's right. Yeah, how's it, Oaks? How's it? How's it? 